You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessings. Here's our big message for today. Can you hold the hand of the person on your right? Come on. And tell that person, you are God's evidence. You are God's evidence. Amen. I'm just going to jump right back where Philip left off. He was talking about the story, his autobiography, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Let me say that correctly. Eunuch. Everybody say eunuch. What is a eunuch? Some of you probably are asking that question. What is a eunuch? Let me tell you. A eunuch is a male slave, okay? But they're not just ordinary slaves. They're very different in the sense that what makes them different is that they don't have their male organs anymore. Either they were removed when they were born or they had it removed before they reached puberty. Now, why would they do that? Here's the thing. Back in the day, masters would believe, masters of the slaves, they believed that male slaves who were castrated were more loyal because they weren't tempted by women. They, they weren't tempted by having a family, so they trusted eunuchs more. They, they trusted male servants who, who were castrated more. In fact, they were given high-level ranking positions in, in, in the authority. You know, that's, that's how they, they trusted these guys. So anyway, the story goes in the Bible is that Philip was walking in a deserted road because God told him to, and then he saw this Ethiopian eunuch passing by, and God told him to approach that chariot where that eunuch was, was, was riding on. And the Bible also says that the eunuch was coming home from Jerusalem all the way going back to his country because he had just worshipped the Lord. One thing you got to know is that when you're reading the Bible is that sometimes you have to put yourself into the context and imagine yourself. You got to really learn how to research so that you understand what was going on in that specific moment. Because one thing that the Bible does not say in this story is that it did say that he was coming from Jerusalem to worship God. But think about that. We have been preaching to you for the last few weeks that Jews did not like associating with non-Jews. People who were not pure like they were. Because they thought and they believed that if they would associate with someone who was unclean and they were clean, they would also become unclean. So you can imagine, just picture this guy. The Ethiopian eunuch who was from, from Africa, had an African descent... He had a black skin. So that completely separated him from the rest, right? But not only was he black, he was also castrated. So in so many words, they, they probably looked at this guy and said, he's not pure enough to enter into our temple compound. So you see, this guy traveled 1,500 miles from Ethiopia all the way to Jerusalem, only to be rejected at the end of his journey. You follow me? Here's where it gets interesting. The Bible says this, that when Philip approached the, the chariot where the eunuch was sitting down on, it says that he was reading a piece of material. It says, then Philip ran up to the chariot and then heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. One thing you got to know is that back in those days, literature, things that you read were very expensive because the printing press hadn't been invented yet. You couldn't just print a material. So it was very expensive. And the other thing was that not everybody was literate. Not everybody knew how to read. So two things we learned from that fact. Number one was that the eunuch was wealthy. And number two, the eunuch was educated. 
and yet he was still rejected. Can I preach this to you? Yes? You must mahina pa. Yes? Okay. Your status in life is not a guarantee that you will not experience rejection. You can be at the topmost position in your company, in your business, and guess what? You will still experience, experience rejection. I know this. I have been serving the Lord for 11 years. When you follow God, it's not a guarantee that you won't go through storms. In fact, I believe this, that it's the ones who are closest to God that go through the most. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Here's my theory. It's because I believe that God sends His best soldiers to the biggest battles. If you're going through a big battle right now, it's because God knows you can take it. God knows you can handle it. In fact, my wife and I recently went through a rejection. We were rejected by Australia. The country, not the person, it's not the name of a person, okay? An actual country. Australia rejected me and my wife. Why? We, 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 were, we, we tried to get an Australian visa because we had some extra points in our, in our card, free miles. You always got to get free miles, you know? But we were rejected for some reason. I've been serving the Lord for 11 years and, you know, I could have thought, why, Lord? I mean, this is a good thing for us. I mean, we're not going to stay there forever. We're just going to visit for a week. But then we got rejected. How many of you have ever faced a rejection? Raise your hand. Rejected by someone, rejected by a company, rejected by an application. Here's a word for you. We believe, my wife and I, that if you are being rejected from something good, it probably means you're being redirected to something better. Because man's rejection is God's redirection. What man rejects, God accepts. Aren't you glad God treasures what others freely throw away. So if you're going through a rejection right now, there's hope. Because maybe God wants something better for you. God wants a better job for you. A better career for you. A better life for you. Maybe a better girlfriend or a better boyfriend. Is this message for somebody here? Say amen. Let me teach you two things, all right? And then I'll be out of your hair. Two things we can learn from this story. Number one, the first thing is called Revelation. Say revelation. Constantly in the Bible, God is always trying to reveal Himself to you, just like He revealed Himself to Philip, just like He revealed Himself to the eunuch through Philip. And God wants to reveal Himself to you right there. So you always have to keep your eyes open so that you never miss God passing through. Can you touch your neighbor and say to that person, keep your eyes open. Here's the second thing. Second lesson, it's called inspiration. Say inspiration. After God has revealed Himself to you, your job now is to reveal Him to others too. But how do you do it? Ask me how. You inspire them. Inspire them. Here's what Pope Francis says in his letter, in his exhortation. He says, Every authentic experience of truth and goodness seeks by its very nature to grow within us. And any person who has experienced a profound liberation becomes more sensitive to the needs of others. Next slide. As it expands, goodness takes root and develops. If you wish to lead a dignified and fulfilling life, we have to reach out to others and seek their good. In this regard, several sayings of St. Paul will not surprise us. St. Paul says, the love of Christ urges us on. And then he also says, woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. So here's the thing. When it comes to the gospel, your job is to spread the information. Say information. 
It's to spread the information. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, but you know, Brother Audie, I'm not a preacher. I can't preach. I can't do it like you do. I'm not as eloquent as Brother Bo. I don't speak as slang as you do. I'm not a preacher. You know what? You don't need to be a preacher to preach. Preaching is actually merely telling a story. Say story. It's a story. It's your God story, your love story, how God changed you, how He healed you, how He brought you into this place, out of that place. As long as you have a story of how God changed you, you can preach. You can preach. Tell your neighbor, you can preach. And then and the eunuch says something to, to, to Philip here. When, when he got close to the chariot, he says three words to Philip, which I believe ministers to us today. He says, sit with me. Sit with me. Can you tell that to your neighbor? Sit with me. I wonder, how many lives have changed or will still change because someone takes up an offer of someone who says, come on, sit with me. Explain this to me. Journey with me. Walk with me. You understand what I'm saying? It's so powerful when someone just says, sit with me. When it comes to the gospel, here's your job. Your job is to spread the information. It's God's job to do the transformation. So stop stressing whether the person you're trying to evangelize has changed overnight. It does not happen. Because it's not your job to transform them. It's God's job. Your job is just to inform them. Tell them your God's story. Tell them your God's story. Here's your role, all right? Let me just simplify things so you really understand this. Your job when it comes to the gospel is simply point people to Jesus. That's it. Point people to Jesus. And I'm so grateful for every person in here. You know who you are. People who have pointed other people to Jesus. We are where we are as a church and as a community because people sacrificed and took the time and took the effort to sit with another person and then pointed them to Jesus. Can you clap your hands for every person who is in here? I brought some props actually with me today. I brought some live props. Can we bring out my props on stage? Come on. As they come out, can you clap your hands for them? Thank you guys. They did this this morning and it was powerful. Wonderful. All right, everybody, I'd like you to meet Berna. Everybody say hi, Berna. Berna is a single mom. She got pregnant at the age of 27. She has a 12-year-old son by the name of Ryzen. Can we call Ryzen out? Come on, Ryzen. Everybody say hello, Ryzen. Amazing guy, amazing boy. So anyway, she never got married. Uh, she, was, she got pregnant by a boyfriend. And, you know, Berna is like the, a picture of like the rest of us who just wants to love and be loved in return. How many of you want that? That's what Berna wanted. But you know, sometimes, here's what happens. In the process of looking for love, sometimes you look for love in the wrong place. You find love in the wrong places, and that's what happened to her. It led her to a lot of heartaches, a lot of pain in her life. And she was in a place where she was asking God why she couldn't find love. And you know, God answered in a very specific way. He says to Berna, why don't you try loving me first so you can find the love that you're looking for? And that's what happened. You know, she started looking for God, seeking God. Eventually, she landed in Feast SM Manila. That's where she first, she first encountered our, our community. And then eventually, she landed here in PICC. But you know what? Something happened. She lost her job, her only means of income. But this is where redirection becomes good. Because God gave her a better job. 
The reason why our feast is very, very colorful here is because Berna provides all the flowers here every Sunday. She supplies it. In SM Manila Feast Moa, she's responsible for all that. So if you have flower needs, you got your flower girl right here. But you know what? All because one person, her name is Kathy. Show the picture. That's Kathy, her best friend. Invited her one time to an LSS in their local parish. Kathy is not even a feaster. And that changed her life forever. Berna is in a better place now because of Kathy, who pointed her to Jesus. Berna is God's evidence. Let's give a big hand to Berna. This is Tere. Everybody say hi, Tere. Short for Teresa. Everybody knows Teresa. You know, Tere has been serving with us here in Bay Area for quite some time. 2011, we both came here all at the same time. But, you know, Tere led a very, uh, you know, exciting, adventurous life, as she calls it. She grew up in a very comfortable life. She grew up in a, with an affluent family. You know, in fact, her, her, fa- her grandfather, you might not believe this, he, her grandfather was a philanthropist. So you could say that she grew up in, with high-class society surrounding her. But then something happened that turned her life around. It was in, when her grandfather died in 1972. So all the assets were sold, all the properties were let go. And then age seven, her parents got divorced, and that really caused her to be messed up. But being brought up with a very high-pressured family, uh, you know, being entitled, you know, she lost herself. She started doing occult horoscopes. She started believing in superstition. She even, she even considered suicide and abortion. She has four kids, by the way. Four wonderful kids. Her life was in a mess. But then one person by the name of Tessie, her mom, who's not, no longer with us in this world, brought her to this healing rally. And for the first time, she experienced love and peace from a God that she never knew. All because of that one person. Tere has been serving with us here since 2011. And although her mom passed away three years ago, I believe that the mom achieved her mission. Her mission was to point Tere back to Jesus. Tere is God's evidence. This is Polo. Everybody say, hi, Polo. You might see Polo. He, he plays with us. He's a musician. He's a guitarist here in the feast. But Polo has had a very exciting life as well. He not only tried to kill himself once, but twice. Twice. He got depressed when he was in college, when his dad left his family, and so his mom got depressed and led to his depression even more. But then, in, in, in order to cope with everything that was happening in the family, he did what we call stress eating. He fed himself, maximized himself, he really maximized himself so much that his health almost gave up on him. That's when he felt that he really wanted to let go. So one night, here's what he did. Don't do this. He took 20 sleeping tablets and then he laid down. But instead of dying, he ended up sleeping the whole night. Thank God. <laughs> because he's still here. And you know what? The worst part is that he felt like his family didn't even care. No one brought him to the hospital. He woke up with an amazing big headache and he was vomiting uncontrollably. That set him off on a downward spiral even more, knowing that nobody cared for him. Everything in his life was going in a mess. His mom banned him from attending their previous 
community because they, she felt like they were unaccepted because of their fa- the state of their family. Him, himself, he was going through a lot of, of, of confusion in school. He failed architecture. That was his course. And whenever he saw himself, he only saw a failure and a disappointment. That's when he thought of killing himself a second time around by hanging himself. But you know what? Another failed attempt. That's where you see that sometimes failing is a blessing. His mom walked in on him and found him. Thank God. But you know what happened? Instead of amending their ways, they fought. They actually fought. But something happened in his life. In 2018, in October, he met this one person who changed his life forever. Her name is Christelle. Can we bring Christelle out? This is Christelle. They met at a servants gathering here in PICC. And Christelle showed him God's love all over again. Something he's never felt. She taught him that it's possible to love yourself again. Let's show the picture of Polo. This is Polo before. And this is Polo now. He completely turned his life around. He, he got a better diet. He started working out. He's more fit. He's more loved. All because of Christelle who pointed him to Jesus. Polo is God's evidence. Let's give a big hand to Polo. We're getting near the end, all right? Bear with me. This is Sonny and Ness. Everybody say, hi, Sonny and Ness. Sonny and Ness have been married for a decade, and their marriage has been on a roller coaster ride. You see, once upon a time, Sonny had an affair. He left Ness for another woman. And you know, of course, Ness was devastated. She didn't know what to do. But this led her to look for God and to search for God. In the process of finding God, she landed here in the feast. And she started serving. But then two months later, Sonny comes home. But not to be there permanently, he came home because he wanted to really end the marriage with Ness. But Ness was in a better place. She was stronger spiritually. And so you know what she tells Sonny? She says to him, I will do anything you want on one condition. The condition is that I want you to attend three consecutive Sundays with me here at the feast. And Sonny did the same thing. You know what the talk and series was all about during that time? Full tank. How to fix relationships. But you know what? Ness felt that there was still some hesitation in Sonny's heart. But she was so much stronger because she already received the mercy of God in her heart. She was ready to give the same mercy and forgiveness to Sonny. She forgave him again and again. This coming December, they're celebrating their 11th year in marriage. They have two beautiful kids and they serve here with us at the feast in our various ministries, in our couple's ministry. But here's the thing. All because Ness pointed Sonny to Jesus. But the question is, who pointed Ness? Somebody must have pointed Ness. When Ness was in this difficult position, she was walking around. I kid you not. She was outside, randomly. She didn't know where the feast was. She met two people, two complete strangers to her, outside. Two, two people by the name of Roel and Clarice. Let's bring out Roel and Clarice. Two of our most loving servants here at the feast. Roel is our co-head in our singles ministry. And Clarice is our, is our pastoral core team in our, in our pastoral ministry. They saw Clarice wandering around like, like a lost person. They did not just point, point Ness to, to the feast. They actually stayed with her the entire day. Imagine that. They accompanied her the entire day. These two people are in a good marriage right now, all because of Clarice and Ruel, who pointed them to Jesus. Sonny and Ness are God's evidence. This is JR. Everybody say hi, JR. 
JR is every parent's nightmare. He, this guy, he doesn't look like it right now, but this guy is a gangster in every way. He was a smoker, was, okay, past tense. He was a smoker, a gambler, he took drugs. He, was j- he, he ran away from home, right? He ran away from home. He was a gambler. You know, he did all sorts of things. But in 2012, JR's eyes were awakened. He had an awakening moment where he realized that his life was going nowhere. So, thank God. He, he arrived here in PICC, even joined one of our ministries, the Creatives and Events Ministries. But you know, here's the thing. I said this earlier, that just because you have God on your side doesn't mean you're not going to go through storms. JR's most, most violent storm came last year when his mom, who he loves so much, collapsed in front of him at home. They rushed her to the hospital only to find out that she was already in a coma. But because he was close to God and he was following God and because he loved God, he had high hopes that God would listen to his prayer. But his prayers were unanswered when his mom gave out her last breath. This set him off into a different life. You know, he stopped living. He stopped celebrating. He went through Christmas and, and New Year's that year. Not even celebrating. But there was this one guy, Nicholas, whom he met in a retreat in 2008, who walked with him during this time, this difficult time in his life. Nicholas, can we bring Nicholas out? Nicholas has been his friend for 11 years. 11 years, amazing guy. Thank you, Nicholas. And then one Sunday, JR was reading the Feast Bulletin when he saw an invite for a Love Life retreat. He didn't even hesitate. He just signed himself up. In that retreat, he met a bunch of people who accepted him, who loved him, and who has been walking for him. Thank you so much. All because of Nicholas and his light group who pointed him to Jesus. JR is God's evidence. <sighs> this is Ivan. Hey, Ivan. Ivan is, for me, his life is worthy of a Jessica Soho featured show. You know, Ivan, at the age of six, he found out he was adopted. How did he find out? His foster mom sat him one day and told him this story about this old woman they met in church who offered and sold him for 5,000 pesos. 5,000 pesos, just like that. All his life, he grew up attaching that value to his life. That's how much he was worth, 5,000 pesos. It set off in his life. It, it, it tarnished his relationship with that first family. And eventually, you know, he ran away. Started living in the streets for three months. Begging for food, begging for clothes, begging for, for cash, begging for, for money. Eventually, at the age of 15, he found another family, a second family, who took him in and adopted him. But he still felt, felt empty, like something was missing in his life. His biggest trial happened last February when his foster sister from the second family that adopted him went to God because of colon cancer. She passed away. She was the closest friend to Ivan. He doesn't have a lot of close friends, but she's very close. So you can imagine the pain that he was going through. Anyway, during the wake of his sister, his colleagues from the company that he works in visited the wake. And there was this one person he wasn't even close to, a girl. The only thing he knew, he knew about this girl was his, her name and that she was attending this community called The Feast. She was a servant there. Her name is Mads. Can we bring out Mads? Mads is a singer here at our feast. And Mads did something that nobody has ever done for him. She offered to pray for the family. And so she proceeds to pray over the family. And for the very first time, Ivan 
experience someone praying over him personally. And you know what? Out of curiosity, he visited Feast Salcedo in Makati, where John preaches. And for the first time in his life, he started worshiping God and receiving God's forgiveness. Soon after, he, was, he learned how to forgive his first family. He learned how to forgive himself. He learned to forgive the people who abandoned him. And then again, he signed up for Love Life Retreat. And he found a group of people who loved him for who he is and accepted him for what God made him to be. All because of one person, Mads, who pointed him to Jesus. Now, you know your value. It's not based on an amount. It's based on the priceless blood of Jesus. Amen. I forgot to say, JR used to be a gangster. Now he's a feaster. <laughs> Can I invite you to stand? Were you blessed by their stories? Thank you for taking time to listen to them. Let me preach the last part, all right? I love the ending of the story. It says that after Philip baptized the eunuch, something happened. Can we put the slide there? After Philip baptized, because they arrived at a place where there was a river, and after the eunuch received the word that Philip shared to him, he said, what can stop me from being baptized right now? So they went out of their chariot, he got down, he was baptized in that same river. But here's the thing, it says, Philip baptized him, but when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And I thought to, my, to myself, why would God plant something like that? Wouldn't that be weird? You're with someone now, you dive into a swimming pool, when you come up, you're, you're alone. <laughs> and you go out celebrating? It's weird. But let me share with you why this is powerful for all of us today. When I came to the feast, you know my story. I was broken in so many ways, a million ways. My mom knows this. That when I came to the feast, I broke up with a, a girl that I was with for four years. Bad breakup. Is there a good breakup though? Bad breakup. Anyway, it just popped in my head. Bad breakup. And then I got an invite from a very unexpected source. She was the sister of the girl who broke up with me. So she probably felt bad for me. She invited me for a cup of coffee and she said in one of our conversations, she said, um, you know, my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law, they actually attend this community called the Light of Jesus in Pasig, in Valle Verde. They have a preacher there named Brother Bo. No idea who Brother Bo was. And so I went with my mom and you know what? That was, that was the invite. No colorful words, no powerful intro, just, just a hand pointing somewhere. Just someone pointing a specific direction. And you know what? That was the last time I ever spoke to her for a very long time. I never saw her since. Never had to speak to her because she would remind me of the heartache. After Philip baptized this eunuch, he completely disappeared forever. And I thought to myself, why? why? What's the point in that? And God spoke to me. I believe that it wasn't so important that Philip disappeared. Because what was important was not the presence of Philip. It was the presence of God inside of Philip. The eunuch just needed to encounter God in inside Philip. You getting what I'm saying? Now, I started researching in the Bible. 
because that's, that's who I am. I love connections. And I started asking myself also, so what did you do with the eunuch after, Lord? Did, did, you, did, you, did he start a church? Did he start evangelizing people? Did he start a mega church? Did he make a Hollywood movie out of it? What did he do? I was starting to look for the evidence. What's the evidence that you did something there, Lord? That's when God spoke to me. And he said, it's one thing to see the evidence. It's another thing to be the evidence. I look around me today and all I see is evidence. Berna is evidence. Tare is evidence. Polo is evidence. Sunny and Ness are evidence. JR is evidence. Ivan is evidence. You are evidence. Your evidence. Evidence. Your evidence right there. The person in the back. All the way up there, your evidence. People up there on the second floor, your evidence. You there, your evidence. 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 You hear what I'm saying? Evidence. Come on, evidence. 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 You are God's evidence. Be the evidence. Be the miracle that people are praying for. Be the answered prayer that people are hoping for. All you need is just to point. Point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the work you're doing in our life. In spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our shortcomings, here we are standing in your presence, being loved, being forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for showing your faithfulness in our life. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for the person you used for me to be here. Maybe I've never thanked that person, but I'm thanking that person now because of them, because of her, because of him. I'm standing in your presence, receiving your abundant love. Thank you, Jesus. Let your presence be felt all across this beautiful hall. Let every person feel your love this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.